Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. I'll be reading uh, the message translation of this uh, piece of scripture for you today. Let us listen uh, to God's word for us this morning. If you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There's far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion, do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The ten best-dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting, so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. So this week, as we continue on our Lenten journey together, uh, we are attending to the practice of paying attention. It's a practice that Jesus commanded in his teaching we have just encountered, which not only invites us to this practice, but also helps us understand why this practice can be so important and helpful to us on our journey of drawing closer to God. Barbara Brown Taylor, in her book that inspired this series, names that it is her father that cultivated this practice in her. For her, the practice of paying attention leads to reverence. And while her father was not a very religious person, he had a deep reverence for this life and what it held. She reflects that she thinks this has something to do with his being a soldier. For the exercise of reverence, she says, generally includes knowing your rank in the overall scheme of things. She goes on to reflect that from her dad, she learned by example that reverence was the proper attitude of a small and curious human being in a vast and fascinating world of experience. Knowing our rank is what Jesus is speaking to as well in this teaching that is part of his Sermon on the Mount from the Gospel of Matthew. 
His teaching here is to encourage us not to worry about what we will eat or what we will wear, how we will provide for our daily necessities. He invites us to look at the wildflowers, the birds around us, and recognize that they are given what they need to eat, that they are adorned with an inherent natural beauty by their creator. And if God would attend to their needs, how much more so God will attend to ours, the ones created in the image of God. The Greek word translated as look here is not the kind of looking you and I most often engage in. It's a word that includes not just taking an image in with your eyes, but also taking the time to truly consider it. One of the definitions for this word in the Greek is to gaze at the face. According to Oxford Languages, the world's leading dictionary publisher, the word gaze means to look at something steadily and intently, especially in admiration, surprise, or thought. When Jesus invites us to look, it is not with a casual glance. He wants us to consider, ponder, reflect on those wildflowers, the lilies of the field, the birds of the air. Georgia O'Keeffe, the famous American artist's life's work was considering the wildflowers, the lilies of the field that she painted in her desert retreat in New Mexico. When talking about her success, she named, in a way, nobody sees a flower really. It is so small, we haven't the time. And to see takes time. Like to have a friend takes time. Taylor uses the work of the classical philosopher Paul Woodruff to connect this ability to truly see things, to have reverence for what is around us, to knowing our rank in the world. Woodruff writes, to forget that you are only human, to think you can act like a god, this is the opposite of reverence. Reverence is the recognition of something greater than the self, something that is beyond human creation or control, that transcends full human understanding. Taylor goes on to reflect, reverence stands in awe of something, something that dwarfs the self, that allows human beings to sense the full extent of our limits so that we can begin to see one another more reverently as well. We spend a lot of our days trying to manage the consequences of our past, or control what is to come in our future. We spend a lot of our days in worry. We spend a lot of our days pretending we are the gods of our own universes and fail to see the universe we have been given or recognize God's activity in it. Our worry leads to distraction and hurry and keeps us from truly seeing much of anything. Jesus invites us to slow down, to look, to consider, to gaze upon what is right around us and remember that we are not God, that we are not in control of it all, but that we can trust the one who is. Taylor shared a story of how this practice transformed the life of someone she once knew 
who was not sure she wanted to go on living. Taylor writes, she was old, she lived alone. She was afraid to go to sleep at night for fear that she would not wake up in the morning. So she lay in her bed waiting for the sun to come up before she dared to shut her eyes. Then someone who loved her suggested that as long as she was awake, she might as well start listening for the first bird that sang each morning. Before long, the sound of that bird became the bell that woke her heart to life again. She named the bird. She discovered what such birds like to eat and put feeders full of seed in her yard. Other birds came and she learned their names as well. She began to collect birdhouses, which she hung from the rafters of her porch until she became the mayor of an entire bird village. She still does not sleep well, Taylor admits, but she is no longer afraid of her life. Look at the birds, free and unfettered, not tied down to a job description, careless in the care of God, Jesus tells us. And you, dear one, count far more to him than the birds. In seminary, I had a professor, Bill Greenway, who taught our required course on Christian ethics. One of the key assignments of that class was to find a three-square-foot patch of earth somewhere and spend 30 minutes looking at it once a week for a number of weeks in a row and then to write about what we noticed each time. The time requirement meant that the looking we were doing here was akin to Jesus' invitation or O'Keefe's seeing. We were supposed to sit and gaze upon that patch of earth and pay attention to what we saw there. So for a handful of times, I sat on the bank of the creek that ran through our campus and stared at a three-square-foot bank of earth there to see what I could see. My patch of earth didn't contain any wildflowers or birds, but it was teeming with life. Over those weeks, I as I watched the wind coax blades of grass to dancing, as I watched workers from the nearby colony of ants go about their business of collecting food for their brethren, I did feel myself settle into my rank. There was something about gazing upon them seeing and recognizing the miracle of life at that most minute scale that helped me to feel God's gaze upon me and also sense God's gaze beyond me as well. Jesus says, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. The practice of paying attention helps us to do just that, to know our rank, to recognize God's love and care and provision over the natural wor world and our place in it. We are drawn out of our worry, out of our preoccupation with ourselves, and invited into relationship with what surrounds us right where we are, whether that be an ant colony a village of birds, or our neighbor next door, or one half a world away.
the most powerful news coverage coming out of Ukraine, is that which lets us truly see our neighbor. It's not the maps with marks of Russian advances. It's not the video with bombs lighting up the night sky. It's the pictures that draw us in close, that allow us to see the faces of our brothers and sisters as they bend over the coffin of a loved one, as they clutch their child's hand, waiting on a train they hope will take them to safety, as they gather in the streets preparing Molotov cocktails to defend their homes and their country. To pay attention, to gaze upon those faces and the emotions they hold, connects us to them, reminds us we belong to one another. At the same time, it reminds us that we all belong to God. Paying attention, reverence, draws us into relationship and invites us to care for one another as we also trust in the care and love of our God. The same is true closer to home. To truly understand our neighbor, to recognize the details of their plight, to see them clearly, we have to offer up more than a cursory glance. To see takes time, like having a friend takes time. So many of the divisions that exist in our culture and world today have arisen because people have forgotten their rank and have convinced themselves that they are superior to those different than them. We do this when we watch people struggling. We want to assume it is their fault, their choices, their lifestyle, because then their plight can't become our own. In order to maintain this illusion, we have to judge them from a distance. Yet if we would slow down, drop our judgments, and just pay attention, take the time to hear the whole story, to lean in and gaze upon the face of another, we would recognize our brother, our sister, another beloved child of God. We would see ourselves in them and them in us and be drawn into a relationship that invites us to care for one another as we also trust in the care and love of our God. Hear Jesus' invitation to you today and take it to heart. Spend some time this week gazing at the lilies of the field or the birds of the air or whatever you find right around you. Find three square feet of earth and observe it for five, 10, 15, or 30 minutes. Notice what you notice. See what God has for you to see. Be reminded of your rank. As you gaze upon God's creation, feel God's gaze upon you. God's gaze upon us all. Start with what is right around you and see how it beckons you to pay attention to what is a little further away. Whether it lives across the street, across the dividing line or a border, or exists half a world away. Let us hear Jesus' invitation this day and take it 